everyone, and welcome back to Rice and Shine, a show looking at life through the perspective of four Asian American teens living in the Pacific Northwest. I'm Ava. I'm Sophie. I'm Lauren. And I'm Grace. And today we will be discussing Roe v. Wade. So this week was supposed to be some of our solo episodes about AAPI month and featuring Asian excellence. But recently with the current news about Roe v. Wade being overturned, we thought that it would be most important to talk about that. And before we begin, we thought it'd be important to share a little bit of background information about Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade was a lawsuit where in 1973, the Supreme Court ruled that women basically have a constitutional right to abortion. And in that, Roe was a pseudonym for Norma McCurvey, who was a 22-year-old unmarried woman who wanted to terminate her pregnancy by getting an abortion. And Henry Wade was the Dallas County District Attorney who enforced the Texas abortion law. And recently, um, a court draft has been leaked that states that the court is considering overturning Roe um, because there's new justices on the court. So I guess they're reconsidering a past decision. And this has basically taken the nation by storm. From when it was originally put into motion, like Roe v. Wade in 1973, up until now, there have obviously been a lot of conflicts about abortion and abortion laws in certain states. And it's all sort of culminating into right now and here where they're trying to overturn the actual Roe v. Wade. A lot of people have made their opinions clear, and one of those people is Biden. And I have a direct quote here. It says, quote, I believe that a woman's right to choose is fundamental. Roe has been the law of the land for almost 50 years, and basic fairness and the stability of our law demand that it not be overturned, end quote. A lot of important people are supporting this movement, and we decided it was going to be important to talk about it. So like Sophie was saying, there's been a lot of conversation about this, and we've mostly seen it as debates between, you know, pro-life, pro-choice people and, you know, the left and right side of politics. And I feel like very rarely you hear teen girls talk about this subject. And so I thought we should get into that. I'd say that this is going to be one of the biggest events of 2022. I mean, it is for sure so far, but um, I don't think its effects just aren't going to last for like more than a week. I think this is going to be something that is talked about for a long time. If it's overturned, then this will be a big moment in history. If it's not, then good. (laughs) Good. I mean, I think also before we like delve too much into this topic, Mm -hmm. um, I think it's really important to clarify that we're not trying to make this about political standing because I know in the past and like currently as well, abortion rights and things such as this have been really turned over to the liberal side and it's become very much a liberals versus conservatives topic. But I think in this, it's just us as young women who want to, you know, who are concerned about our bodies, who want to have the right to say what we want to do with our bodies. So it is estimated that 27 states are likely to ban abortion if Roe versus Wade is in fact overturned. And we're really fortunate because we are not one of them. We all live here in Washington State in Seattle. And I'm really grateful that we are able to live in a state that our legislators will fight for us as women to continue to have the right to choose on what we want to do with our bodies. And something I think is it, that's worth highlighting is that this isn't just affecting women. This is also affecting trans people. This is affecting all the genderqueer people. So... 
just like I was saying before, this isn't, you know, about liberal or conservative. It's not about man versus woman. It's kind of like we're all in this together, I guess, as cheesy as it sounds. And I think it's important to note that most of the states that are being protected are in our area, like um, the Northwest and like the states. West Coast, yeah. Yeah. And I never thought that this would have to happen in my lifetime because I thought that we were past this as like a population. I thought we would all work together, but I guess that's just not a priority anymore. And um, obviously this is like a very, uh, a subject that we're all passionate about because obviously it's our duty as, you know, women to protect our rights to our bodies and of course other minorities that are affected. For this to work, you don't have to like want abortion you know you don't have to want an abortion to support a woman's right to choose that's like if your opinion is that you don't want to get an abortion like that's perfectly fine because there's still going to be a group of people that will need them that need them to like um financially support themselves and obviously so many other reasons why this is important so when it comes to pro-choice you can choose not to have an abortion or you can choose to have one so I feel like that's important to know. Like, mm-hmm. pro-choice doesn't mean pro-abortion. It's just mm-hmm. the right to choose what you want to do with your body, which is, in my opinion, the way that it has to be. Okay, I feel like a really common argument that people have against abortion is that it has something to do with their religion. And if your religion, for some reason, it says abortion is not good, then we have to respect that because it's your religion. I'll provide the perspective. So my dad's side of the family is very religious, um, and they're really conservative too. Um, I feel like me personally, as somebody who kind of grew up around religion and as somebody whose family is religious, um, I personally don't think abortion is murder. And nowhere in the Bible, at least not any Bible I've read, What I personally really hate is when people use their religion and they weaponize their religion and they use that as an argument to talk about something that's unrelated. And I just wanted to bring that up because I know a common argument against uh, pro-choice is religion. And once again, this can all be your opinion. You can still say, like, I still believe this. I still think the Bible says this. But I just request that you don't force that onto other people. You Mm -hmm. let that be your opinion and yours only and you don't go to the extreme lengths that we're starting to see in our world today. Another flaw that I see with the pro-life argument is that it's pro-life until the children are born and then it's like you're on your own. Yeah I think a common thing that we've seen through you know various activists is saying hey pro-lifers like if you want to like talk about like protecting a child's life then you should go check out foster homes and I think that's a really interesting argument because you know foster homes they aren't treated the best and often those people in foster homes are a result of that unplanned pregnancy or perhaps planned but you know things kind of fell apart but I think within this it's important that we highlight you know not only this is like a before like a pregnancy thing but also you know Let's make sure we take care of the people after that happens as well. Mm-hmm. So I know I just went on this whole tangent rant, whatever, about the Bible and pro-lifers. But 
I feel like we should provide our perspective as pro-choice believers because that's what we know about. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe in the future, if we want to bring on someone from the opposite perspective, we can do that. But today's focus is going to be about our opinions and how we feel, um, especially as young women who are growing up in this country where stuff like this is happening. Um, I think this is important to bring up, and it's that... Um, the whole Roe versus Wade heavily involves the 14th Amendment, which is right to privacy. And Sophie and I were looking into this, and this has a lot to do with interracial marriage and mm-hmm. gay marriage. So, Sophie, you want to talk a little bit about that? There's basically a couple articles about this and um, some news stories about it. And it's saying that uh, this argument stems back to the 14th Amendment, which is the right to privacy. Um, which basically impacts your right to marry someone um, of, like, a different race or same sex. And it kind of uses some of the same reasoning as this um, debate with abortion. And so people are saying that if Roe is overturned, um, we're at risk of, like, unraveling everything we've already done. I say we. I wasn't really alive for a lot of this. <laughs> but uh, they're saying that this could possibly unravel all the progress the U.S. has made um, in terms of interracial marriage, same-sex marriage, basically everything you have a right to do in private, you know, and I mean, and in public, but 14th <laughs> Amendment, guys. So I think with all that, it's concerning beyond just the Roe versus Wade case and the abortion worries, but also, you know, Same-sex marriage, interracial marriage, and I feel like this is all something that impacts us. Like, the world is becoming very homogenous. Races are mixing, and I feel like if they were to take that away, that would be, like, a very worst-case scenario, I think. But in all this, I was having a conversation with my loved ones, and one of them said, it's like we're going back to the 1950s right now. Like, Roe versus Wade of the abortion, and then possibly, like gay marriage being taken away it's it, it's it's really weird to we're think at about. risk for like turning back time and just going back to where we started and it's like all that work for nothing just to be like overturned i don't know i mean it's all very weird because it feels like we're on like a doomsday clock it's hard to believe that rights we should be given at birth are like being taken away like the way i see it it's really simple it's just the right to your own body and I'm the kind of person I'm not as much scared as I am frustrated because I feel like this is an absurd argument and I don't even think that this should be a problem because it's it's basic it's just human rights and I don't understand why men specifically like white men in the court are trying to take that away from us and it's like if you don't have to suffer the consequences of taking this away from us I don't think you should have a say Yeah, I think that's just been a consistent piece throughout history is, you know, you have men trying to control what women are doing. But I think something important to highlight is often when I've heard people talk about abortion rights, whatever, is that they believe that's inherently sexual and that people are defending it because they want to go do whatever, be careless, be reckless. And it's not about that. It's not about that at all. I'm a very reserved person. Like, my cousins will be like, oh, you're such, like, a broad or whatever. What do they even say? Like, crude? A, bru- a crude? Prude? Prude? Yes, my prude. Mom. Yes, me and Ava. <laughs> me and Ava, prudes of the year out here. Mm-hmm. 
but we're still out here standing up for this because we know that this involves us this involves the people we know this involves people we don't know and I think it's just really important to highlight that this isn't an inherently sexual matter this is about rights concerning our bodies and Mm -hmm. I think also with the people who do choose to get abortions it's not like they're all like oh I'm a college student who just got drunk and oopsies it's it can be you know grown people who you know we're planning on having a baby and all of a sudden they're not financially stable anymore all of a sudden they're not in a safe relationship where they can help to raise a child they whatever whatever and all of these reasons it's up to them to decide hey i'm in a spot where i can do this Hey, i'm in a spot where i can't Mm -hmm. i think what a lot of people don't understand is just because you outlaw abortion doesn't mean it's going to go away abortion is going to continue to happen it's just going to be more dangerous It's going to be unsafe. It's not going to be, like, monitored, basically. Exactly. So it's just making it... It's just making it worse. It's not going to make it go away. Um, I really... I don't want to use, like, a drug as an analogy. If you... Like, just because a drug is illegal doesn't mean that it doesn't Uh, exist. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. people are still going to do it. It's unsafe. Um, There are ways to do it on the down low. I think the thing with unsafe abortions opposed to legal, you know, safe authorized abortions is that the argument often is that like, oh, you're going to murder a baby or like a baby to be. Um, but I think if, you know, those unsafe abortions are a thing, then potentially the mother and the potential baby can be killed. And two lives is more than one. Surprise. But I don't know. I think it's just important. It's with any health practice you'd want it to be done by a professional in a place you can deem is safe it's like let's say you're going in for knee surgery you're gonna go do it at a hospital you're gonna go do it at a surgical center and not have it be done in someone's basement you're not gonna go have it be done like somewhere in the city and the rate of like your knee being infected the rate of like oh what if your leg has to get amputated is so much higher if you didn't go to a doctor's office or somewhere you knew it was safe to do that I don't understand how people can't see that having safe abortions is going to protect more lives than it is going to potentially harm, I guess. Um, Like, there are so many reasons why someone would need one of those, and we've gone over that. And frankly, I don't think it's anybody else's business, but these people, I don't think it should matter. And it does go back to the 14th Amendment about somebody's right to their body and their privacy and their own decisions and it's like it's like grace said i think grace's analogy was really good it's like this isn't gonna stop abortions completely and i feel like it just takes a little bit of research to realize that and i wish that more people could have that insight i remember the other day i don't remember who it was i think it was one of our friends um i was like i have i have news and it's like really hard for me to say Oh, like, oh, I'm so scared to say it, but I'm going to say it. And my friend was like, are you pregnant? And I was like, what is wrong with you? Of course not. Um, but that's when it hit me. I was like, wow, as a young woman, I have the ability to do that. And if I were to do that and I didn't want to, I don't have any choices. Like, it was so hard for me to wrap my head around that concept because Um, growing up and hearing about abortion, I think I've always heard the debate between pro-life and pro-choice, but now I'm realizing that 
this will affect me one day. I, I hope I don't have to think about that or make that choice because um, I know it's a really hard one, but you never know. No, I think that's a good point is that we're always hearing about the debate. Very rarely are young women's voices amplified on these topics unless it's dire. For me, the idea, my family knows that I've, I'm, I'm always like, I never want to have kids. I just don't like it. It just seems gross to me. And then there's such a financial investment and, you know, on and on and on. And they make fun of me for it. But truly, if I were to get pregnant, I, especially now, um, there's always, I feel like there's always the argument of like, oh, if you didn't terminate that pregnancy, that child could be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever. But I think, you know, what if the mother could have been a doctor or a lawyer? And I think for Mm, us here, sitting here, yeah, we all have so much potential. And I don't know, I feel like that's a very, like, intense topic to get about, like, about our potential. But, you know, we recently were up for an award just for this, and we all have our individual achievements and the things we aspire to be. And for that to be, you know, overshadowed and for us not to have that opportunity because, you know, if we possibly did get pregnant, I think that would be so devastating. Mm, yeah I didn't even think about that yeah um we recently I think every single person in this room uh in our English classes we read Frankenstein oh no no (laughs) No. (laughs) okay so I guess just us Sophie and I um in our English class we read Frankenstein by Mary Shelley and the entire premise of the book is about how this monster wasn't loved And he went on to do bad things because he didn't receive love as a child. And we can kind of apply that same concept to kids whose parents didn't want to have them. I recently heard this story. It was just like a TikTok story time about this woman sharing her story growing up in foster care, but then also living with her parents and then on and off. Um, And it just broke my heart to hear her say, my parents didn't want me like oh like like don't you just like it feels like you just got punched in the gut like that's awful and no kid should have to feel that way um i honestly think it's better not to bring a kid into this world at all if you can't properly take care of it um and it just breaks my heart that there are so many kids out there who feel that way and you might think like, oh, that's sad. They're just going to live their life and be sad. But no, it's like a psychological thing. They could maybe go on and live their life and start to affect other people negatively. And it's like this cycle and it's so bad. And one way we can break that cycle is to have different options. So people don't always have to result in doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Lauren said, we have a lot ahead of us and I have a lot of dreams and I'm not ready to throw that away. Mm-hmm. Children are a very big responsibility and too big of a yeah. responsibility for Financial us. Financial burden. Yep. Especially all those people who aren't in the right financial state to be able to have a child, as we said earlier. Like having them have to have a child when they're not financially stable because they can't get an abortion it's just awful. It's a disservice to everyone. And I said this earlier, but the pro-life argument is that, like, or a flaw that I see is that 
it's pro-life until the kids are born. And then it's like orphanages and, you know, like homelessness. Starvation. Starvation, yeah, poverty. All of that. Mm -hmm. Yes, so many things. And it's like if we can avoid that and help help some people, I feel like that's our responsibility to protect that. And I don't understand why that can't be like a widely known human right. Because I think it's it's widely known that, you know, we should stop poverty. But it, it begins with this. And it begins with other things, too. But this is our chance to make a change. And I don't understand why we're trying to turn back time and go back to when things were worse. And it's it's really frustrating because it's so obvious the consequences of not having abortions available are so vast it spans far beyond like an extra child it's like this relates to everything and it's really awful to see that people won't think about that especially the people that this doesn't affect like um those men in the courtroom right now who are arguing against our human rights and i think it's ridiculous and we're all very passionate about this but i feel like i'm getting heated right now (laughs) I mean, to kind of take off the heat, um, I think there are many different angles people take um, to, you know, say, hey, like this, you should be pro-choice. And there are many angles people take to say, oh, you should be pro-life. And I think this actually, this whole conversation Sophie and Abe were having um, reminded me of how a couple weeks ago we have this advisory class and in it they do like mini assemblies. And one of them was on Earth Day. And they talked about, here are some ways you can be more sustainable. And one of the number one ways, believe it or not, is to teach young people about birth control and how to be, Mm. you know, Mm. sexually responsible. Because one of the number one things contributing to climate change and um, all that is an overpopulation. If you, you know, took the time to educate young people and if we keep this option available of abortion, then that doesn't only, like help the community around them but it affects like the globe this should be a moment where like humankind is like banding together for something that i feel like we should all be fighting for and it's disheartening to see that we're divided over something so fundamentally correct to have i feel like and of course i understand that not everybody's gonna have this view i can't say that i agree with that and i never will be able to say that And since we're given this platform, I feel like it's our duty to do what we can to protect us and those around us. And I hope that I hope that we don't have to have this conversation again after it's overturned. But there is there's a chance. And that's the worst part. Basically, what we're saying is that the world is about to change just at any given day. And it's going to be hard to deal with the consequences of Roe if it's overturned. Honestly, I don't know how it's going to be if it's overturned. I really hope that we don't even have to worry about this in like a week if it stays the same or it's not going to take a week. It'll like take months and months. Yeah. 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 Um, so this is going to be something on our minds a lot. And that's really scary. And it's sad and angering. And I'm sure all of us are feeling a lot right now. I don't know. Like I was saying, we're all feeling very overwhelmed. This is a very 
overwhelming time and it feels like the world might just explode um but for us who do feel so impacted who do feel so involved it's important that you find support like that whether that is you know some little funny little formula one fan page or going to your friends and saying like did you know this is happening i'm a little freaked out about it it's important that like you know we recognize this in our country but we also you know take time to recognize that this is a really abnormal time we're living in Mm. and that that's valid for us to you know we want to fight for the things we believe are right but we also need to take care of ourselves so like i was saying taking care of yourself and your mental health like it sounds very like as i'm saying this i'm realizing it kind of sounds selfish but i don't know like i was saying it really does feel so overwhelming especially for us as teen girls, we're, like, kind of the people who this is directed at. So, I don't know. It's important to take care of yourself, but I know not everyone who's listening to this is a teen girl, and not everyone is feeling those effects. So I think we should list some ways people can do to try to support this cause. I think the most um, easily accessible option is to educate yourself. And by listening to this, you're probably just a step one, a teeny bit more <laughs> educated. Um, but there are plenty of articles and educators who I'm sure have put out great resources, some of which we used to produce this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just important to know what we're fighting for and who it affects because it spans far, far beyond a single abortion. Like this is so much greater and it's about human rights. It's not just about babies. Um, but it also is about babies. <laughs> so educate yourself. That is probably my number one piece of advice. If you can't do anything else, then that's what you should do. Yeah. And like I was saying before, like having conversations with your friends not only helps you, but it helps educate them. And it's also important to make lots of noise. Um, my dad always says, if you're ever in a bad situation, make lots of noise. And with making lots of noise in this, it means, you know, you're opening up those conversations you're saying to people who you think are being, you know, outright just disrespectful about all this, saying, hey, that's wrong. It's talking to your friends and saying, what can we do to help, you know, on and on and on. Just starting those conversations and keeping them alive regardless of, you know, how this case turns out. And you can also donate or volunteer at Planned Parenthood who is continually putting out resources. You can also reach out to local legislators to try and make some changes. So those were our thoughts on Roe v. Wade. We hope that this sparked some conversations and some thoughts about what's currently going on. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.